from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. God bless, and I hope that you're coming off of a phenomenal weekend. Hopefully you got your taxes in and your taxes done. And they're all set and ready to go. That would be awesome, awesome news, would it not be, that all your taxes are in, set, done, ready to roll. That would be amazing. So hopefully they are, and hopefully all is well for you this morning, and hopefully you got some good news, and, and hopefully you're you're waking up today to new life, another day, another opportunity, and a lot of good things. That's what I'm hoping for for you. I'm hoping that everything is is working out in your favor and that you're having a good day. And when things don't work out in your favor, I'm hoping that you're continuing to grow, learn, get better, and take care of yourself because the world will not always flow your direction. It will always it will not always go your way, but it's how you handle life, it's how you attack life, it's how you get after life that ultimately decides where we go from here, decides where you go from here and how successful you are. So I hope that you continue to fight and you give the best that you can, and I hope that your life has been nothing but grand and wonderful and that it continues to be better and better every single day of your life. So big ups to you and big ups to what's going on in your life. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt.com. DT, like I said, every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we are hanging out with you, and I thank you for being a part of the show. Make sure that you become a member of the show so you never miss a live moment again. There's a bunch of awesome things when you become a member. You get emailed every single time the show goes live, and all you have to do is open your email and click on listen. And there you are, ready and raring to go. So make sure that you do that. All you have to do is click on listen. Once you become a member, we send you an email. And it says the show is live. Would you like to listen in? You click listen. And it brings you straight through to the stream, whatever device you're on. It easily makes the show front and center for you. On your phone, iPad, iPod, tablet, desktop, laptop, whatever it may be. And then as well as the opportunity to connect with me in the live chat room, only members can chat with me in the live chat room. So make sure you become a member for that as well so you can converse with me while we are discussing what's going on in the sports world. So thank you so much to everybody that has joined and become a member. And it is free to do so, totally free, not a little bit free, not kind of free. It's free. You do it and that's it. So make sure that you do that this morning, and I thank you so much for your support. On today's show and on every show, we do the morning menu. You get to hear that beautiful, wonderful sound and that beautiful, wonderful voice, and then we get rolling with what's going on inside of the morning menu. So let's get on that right now. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, 
Live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu brought to you right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Today we got a bunch of different topics to go over and we got and we have a couple live interviews going on. We're going to get into some of the things that have uh, that have been happening inside of the sports world. 20 NFL players who will thrive with their new team. I'm going to go through that and say whether I disagree with what's going on. So we've there's been a bunch of changes in the NFL. We're going to go through some of those changes and if I agree or disagree that some stuff will either work out in favor of the team or not. And then we'll get into the fact that there's the discussion of LeBron James and Michael Jordan of who is the greatest ever. We had that discussion at the Wildcat Sports Pub yesterday, so we're going to discuss that a little more today. And then we'll get into Des Bryant because it happened right after the show ended on Friday. We did the show, fantasy football talk, getting you ready for the draft, NFL free agency, a lot of knowledge, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus with Mike Sofka and myself. And then all of a sudden, here's the Des Bryant factor that happens what, 15 minutes after we get off the air. So we have to discuss all of that here this morning since we got to discuss none of that last week. So we'll get into that. We'll also get into the fact that Alan Hearns, my guy from Jacksonville, that I spent the last I think it was three years interviewing him, two, three years interviewing him. He is going to the Cowboys. He will not wear number 88. So a bunch of discussion to be had on what's going on there. And then we will get into some really awesome things coming up here this morning. Mary Wood, my alma mater, had a giving day. And we are going to speak with Enrico Mastriani on giving day on how it went and just what it meant to him to have what we had on giving day and and I got to be a part of it which was awesome so make sure that you're listening into that so we'll speak on giving day we'll speak on giving back to the community and uh, and obviously speak to my alma mater on what's going on with that and and they recruit all throughout so very very good information coming from them especially when you have a kid or somebody connected to you that are you know that are obviously in a position to play basketball for the future, you know, so you definitely want to listen into this interview because, you know, we got a got a good guy just a couple hours south of Syracuse, New York. And then from there we will get into more discussion of some of the things that I'd spoken about, some of the topics we don't get to before we get to Enrico. And then uh, at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I'll be joined by LJ Popleo, who has that phenomenal commercial with that guy that sounds a lot like Joe Pesci. We'll talk with LJ. He's a local real estate salesperson in central and upstate New York. We'll discuss his love for the community. We will also discuss his love for soccer and what's going on. So LJ is going to be joining me very, very soon. I'm very proud to have him as part of my Wake Up Call family. And I'm very, very excited to have him on the show today to speak on his care and concern for the community as well as what he does to help every single day and so much more. So I'm very, very excited to have him on the show, and I can't wait to get him on this morning. So big ups to him and a lot of love to all the work that he's doing. So I'm very, very uh, excited for the opportunity to have him join the show in just a little bit here at around 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So once again, we're going to get into some of those sports topics that have been on my mind over the weekend. From there, we will roll into 
my live conversation with Enrico Mastriani from my alma mater, and then we'll go back to some of those things that are going on that have been on my mind that we don't get to yet, and then we'll go on from there. So make sure that you're definitely tuning in, and we'll round out the show with LJ Papaleo. So thank you for listening in this morning. Thank you for being a part of the show, and a big God bless to each and every single one of you for being a part of Wake Up Call on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. So let's start off the conversation. Des Bryant, I have to I have to spend some time on this. This is insane to me. Okay. Des Bryant is your best wide receiver. Terrence Williams was a good wide receiver when nobody knew who he was. Then the next year people were like, hey, we got to key in on this guy. Then he disappeared for two years. Then after two years and change, everybody's like, okay, well, you know, Terrence really wasn't that good. They lay off of him a little bit and he starts to get good again. Des Bryant has been good. He's not perfect. He doesn't catch every pass. His numbers aren't through the roof, but he's Des Bryant. And he's one of the best wide receivers that the Cowboys have ever had. He's one, And he did catch that pass when they played against the Green Bay Packers. He did catch that, move forward with it. He's been in the NFL since 2010. So he has spent his fair share of time in the NFL, eight seasons in the NFL. As a rookie, played in 12 games and then went on to play in 15 to 16, 16 to 16, 16 of 16, 16 to 16. Then he had a tough year. It got injured 2015, played nine games, then 13 to 16, then 16 to 16 most recently. He had three years where he had 1,200 yards or more receiving. That was 2012, 2013, and 2014. Since then, he's gone quiet, only 838 recently, but he doesn't have Tony Romo. This is the Dak Prescott time. Only caught six touchdowns this past season and had 14 over the last two seasons where just back in 2014-15, he had 16 in one season, 13 before that, 12 before that. So his output has gone down, but he's also changed quarterbacks, so that could be a factor. And with that being a potential factor in what's going on, I agree with the notion that when he goes and looks for his new team, he has to look for the quarterback. He has to look for who is going to be throwing him the ball. Because in my opinion... He, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? You know, if you if you go for the money, if you're chasing money wherever you go, then, I mean, what's the point? What's the point? Because do you want to win a championship? Do you want to have an opportunity to win a championship, an opportunity to continue to grow? Dak Prescott, you know, they talk about, well, Des Bryant didn't run the routes as well, and he didn't do this, he didn't do that, he didn't get open and whatnot. We also have to look at the fact that, Dak Prescott didn't have a great sophomore season, had a little slump here. And that was something that, you know, we have to look at and say, okay, you know, Dak Prescott didn't hold down his own. They also didn't have Ezekiel Elliott and they had to go through that whole storm of garbage with Ezekiel Elliott. And if Ezekiel had just served a suspension in the beginning of the season, they would have had him toward the end of the season. They still would have had a shot at the playoffs. You know, it would have been different potentially for them. But a lot of people have weighed in on Des Bryant and, you know, what they think about Des Bryant being a part of this team. To me, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that the Cowboys would let him go. I'm shocked that the Cowboys would say, this isn't a good fit for us anymore. This isn't going to be the guy for us in our future. That's a shock to me. That they would make a statement that, that, that this would be what they do. And that they would wait as long as they waited, essentially screwing Des Bryant over. 
I love his quote, by the way. He has a he has a picture of Tupac, and it says, "People get judged for being real, and how people get love for being fake." It's true. I know a lot of fake people that get a lot of love, and I know I've been judged for being real. I know I've been, I've been judged my whole life for being a genuine person. Makes no sense whatsoever. You know, we look at we look at what people had to say and and what's going on here and. Uh, former Cowboys defensive coordinator Rob Ryan, he said, quote, when I was there, he ruled out the last four weeks of the season and he made himself play. You've He was ruled out the last four weeks of the season and made himself play. You've got to tip your cap to him. He's a real competitor. I know he'll find work and he'll be great for somebody. That's coming from former Cowboys defensive coordinator Rob Ryan making a statement about the man. Alfred Morris said, Honestly, if you ain't never been in a locker room with Des Bryant, then don't speak on it. Secondhand information ain't always accurate. And despite what you think you may know, Des great in the locker room, just so you know. That was big there, you know, saying like maybe he's not a locker room guy. Maybe he doesn't care. And then uh, Chris Boyd said, Des Bryant was a real one from the first time I met him. Always looked out. Wishing the best to him wherever he lands. If the Cowboys got to see him twice, though, that's going to be a tough day at the office for the secondary. Is what he had to say. And then Johnny says he wants him to go to Detroit. Johnny wants everybody to go to Detroit. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad option. It's not a bad option. They don't have, they don't have Megatron. They haven't had Megatron for a while, so not a bad play here. Demarcus Lawrence said, truly a blessing to have been able to play with you, Des Bryant. No one will understand the love and the passion you have for the game. Wishing you nothing but the best. I know you'll be throwing up the X soon enough. My dog for life. Throw up the X. Original X. And then uh, Alan Hearns, who is my guy, who, like I said, I've covered since the Jaguars brought him in. He said, would have loved to line up with you, man, but God has bigger plans. Go ball out, fam is what he had to say. Lewis Neal said, I know my fam Des Bryant going to keep balling. Ever since we met him, he's been real since day one, and that's a fact. His passion for the game is on another level. God never makes mistakes. Remember that. Hashtag family. And then Taco Charlton, he said, shake my damn head, straight BS. Forever my brother, Des Bryant. You keep it real with me from day one, and that's 100, is what Taco Charlton had to say about Des Bryant. Bryce Butler, who was with him as a wide receiver, said, glad I could wear the star with you, man. Des Bryant, like we spoke about today on the phone. And then there's an Instagram post here I want to bring up here on what he had to say about Des Bryant, if it extends out from here. Good old Instagram to see uh, what's what more he had to say. And then, you know, just, just looking through everything. I mean, there's all these positive words. And they're from his teammates. Jalen, Jalen Smith said, big brother, solid forever, 100%, the realist. So, you know, I mean, there's there's this notion that he's not the guy. But, yeah, he said, keep grinding, my dog. And, yeah. So that's um, Bryce Butler didn't say much more, but it's an awesome thing of him taking a picture of Des Bryant on the field. It's really awesome. So, you know, and then Russell Okung, Okung, pardon me, said cold blooded to cut Des Bryant so late in the season shows you where team allegiances really are. And Des said, you know how they play. So, yeah, I mean, so many people putting all this here. 
and all this positive. One guy said, making $16 million a year didn't give you the edge you needed to perform, but getting your feelings hurt will give you the edge. And Dez said, it's sad if thought I just played for money. Because he said, if I don't have my edge, I've got it now. I'm sorry they got to feel me. It's personal. It's very personal. So... You know, it's just, uh, it's very interesting. Now, Jerry Jones said, as an organization, we hold Des Bryant in the highest regard and we are grateful for his passion, spirit, and contributions to this team for the past eight years. He will always be a valued member of our family. Des and I share a personal and professional relationship that is very strong and he is one of just a handful of players with whom I have become that close to over the past 30 years. This is not, this was not an easy decision. It was made based upon doing what we, what we believe is in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys. And there were several voices in the organization that we arrived at this crossroad collectively with input from several voices within the organization. Ultimately, we determined it was time to go in a new direction. So I find that very interesting as well. You know, those several voices, and so does Dez. And Dez has had, you know, a lot of things here, you know, to say about what's been going on and, and how personal this has become that he would be bumped off the Dallas Cowboys now. I mean, you look, it's, it's now folks right now in this moment, he gets let go from the Cowboys. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. If you didn't want him, then you had to make this decision sooner than now. This makes it personal. This makes it dirty. This makes it nasty because why would you do it to him now? Why now? Why in a position where now he has to go out and he's got to find a team when most of these most of these teams have already spent their money, already spent their bread. Look at the wide receivers. Jarvis Landry signed on and with Cleveland. Allen Robinson, Chicago, Sammy Watkins, Kansas City, Marquise Lee re-signed with Jacksonville. Paul Richardson, for goodness sakes who was subpar in Seattle. He signed with Washington. Jordy Nelson with Oakland. Michael Crabtree with Baltimore. Alan Hearns with Dallas. Terrell Pryor with the Jets. Mike Wallace with Philadelphia. Jordan Matthews, but his contract's kind of weird. But he signed on with the Patriots from what I was listening to. Dante Moncrief with Jacksonville. Danny Amendola with Miami. These guys have been signed and picked up. There's not a lot of guys out there. Now, yeah, he shoots to the top because the guys that are still out there, Harry Douglas... Britton Golden, Jeremy Butler, Eric Weems, Aurelius Ben, Brandon Tate, Brenton Burson, Kamar Aiken, Lewis Murphy, Marcus Wheaton, Dontrell Inman, uh, Mike, Michael Ford, Eric Decker, Jeremy Macklin. Those guys are not going to hold a candle to Dez. So there's a lot of room for Dez right now. There's a lot of room for Dez. Dez is at the top of the available players out there. The only issue is... That, like I said, they've been paying these guys. They've been taking care of these guys. These got the get the best of them, but they're off the board already. And the money's off the board already. And the money's tied up. And we're less than two weeks until the NFL draft, folks. The NFL draft's not this Thursday. It's next Thursday. So to put him in this position is awful. Whatever you think of, it, of him some kind of way. This is an awful position to put the man in. To say thank you for the eight years. I hope you find a job before the draft. These guys are trying to spend money, transition into the draft. This is ridiculous. Johnny said, LOL, Stafford and Dez, if he's 
If he is a number one or a true two possession receiver, after Tony Romo, he never had a quarterback that could throw the deep ball. He had a dink and dunk quarterback who would hand it off to Zeke, go to Detroit, and catch the long ball. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. People talk about Des Bryant's output went down. Des Bryant ain't this. Des Bryant ain't that. Guess what? Des Bryant didn't have Tony Romo. And you can say whatever you want to say about Tony Romo. And we can discuss Tony Romo on this show all day, every day, as long as you need to, to get your discussion, get your papers together. Because Tony Romo, I will admit this, was not a good postseason quarterback. He did not handle the postseason well. The team as a whole, not just Tony Romo, but we all put it on Tony Romo because he's the gunslinger, right? But that team, the Dallas Cowboys, did not handle it well in the postseason. Okay, They did not, as a team, collectively, did not handle the postseason well when Tony Romo was the quarterback. I will, I will say that, but Tony Romo, on paper, if you looked at his numbers, he looked like one of the top five quarterbacks in the country. When you look at his numbers, consistently strong. And yeah, he, he'll throw this pass away or this interception at the end of the game. He'll also throw a couple game-winning touchdown passes. And Tony Romo played with a bruised rib, punctured lung, that broken rib, punctured lung, this, that, and the other thing. This man came back from a broken collarbone in a season, which you never do, and it didn't do him any good. I mean, he got hurt more, but you look at what he did. I mean, he came back. He wanted to give everything that he could give to the team. Tony Romo is not a bad quarterback, and I think it's hilarious that people rip on Tony Romo because between Troy Aikman and Tony Romo, there was nobody. There was nobody. What are you going to say to me? Who was there? Drew Henson, who played for the Yankees before coming to the Cowboys? Are you going to tell me, what is it, Chad Hutchinson? No, none of these guys. None of them. None of them were relevant. Quincy Carter? He was a wide receiver, playing quarterback, throwing beeline passes at your face. That's it. Not throwing the long ball. It's not making that happen. But you look at you look, look at history between number eight and number nine. There was nothing. There was nothing. Nobody. So we can have that discussion anytime you want to have that discussion to tell me that Tony Romo was a bad quarterback, to tell me that Tony Romo was an embarrassment. Because if you didn't have Tony Romo with the Dallas Cowboys, they would have been in the basement getting embarrassed every single year. At least he made it interesting. At least he made it fun. At least he fought his butt off. And for those of you that think that he's not allowed to go in and be a commentator now, stop being jealous of the man. Stop being jealous he was a quarterback and you never were. Stop being jealous that he's a broadcaster and you never were. Just sit and Enjoy the ride and have some fun. And if you want to watch the game and you don't want to listen to Tony Romo, then there's something on your TV channel changer that's been there forever in a day, and all you have to do is hit that pretty little button that says mute, and you can watch the game and you don't have to listen to Tony Romo. So, problem solved, okay? If you can't, if you just can't, if you, if you can't do it. But Tony Romo and Des Bryant, I told you this over and over and over again. Every quarterback has their receiver. Every quarterback has their favorites. Every quarterback has their people. Jason Witten had his best years with Tony Romo. Des Bryant had his best years with Tony Romo. When there is a changing of the guard, yes, there are receivers that can withstand the test of time. There are receivers that can make it happen. But there's a reason why Randy Moss didn't stay in Minnesota forever. There's reasons why these things happen. There's a reason why Jerry Rice left San, San Francisco. There are reasons. Okay, there's a reason. There's a method to the madness. There's a method to the madness. Okay? 
Every quarterback has their guys. Every quarterback has their receivers. When the quarterbacks change, when there's a shifting of the guard, when there's a shifting of offensive schemes, when there's a shifting of position coaches, head coaches, GMs, it changes the game. Stop looking at these things saying, Des Bryant ain't this and he ain't that. Look at his stats. Look at the changes. Look at what's happened. Dak Prescott and Des Bryant don't have it like that. Understand that. You can't just say this man sucks now, but he was good back then. You can't say that. Why was he a 1,200-yard receiver, 1,300-yard receiver twice? How? And it goes down, and he's but it's and it's still close to a thousand yards. Well, he can't run the routes he used to run. He can't do that. He can't do that. A good coach looks at their personnel and they build around their personnel. You can't fit a square peg into a round hole. You look at Des Bryant and say, "What's he good at?" And then you put him out there and let him do it. He a good sideline receiver? Let him go catch it on the sideline. That's what you do. There's a reason why people leave. Jerry Rice wasn't going to stay in San Fran forever and deal with that. There's a reason why guys jump ship and go somewhere else when they have two, three, four years left. Barry Sanders, for goodness sakes, tried to do it, and the Detroit Lions wouldn't let him do it. He wanted to play somewhere else. And I know it would have broke their heart, but we would have got to see him for a few more years. And every true Detroit fan was like, damn it, even if Barry played somewhere else, at least he got to play. There are reasons why people say enough is enough. Every quarterback has their guy. Every single quarter. Johnny, I'm not trying to be rude to you. Okay, you know this. He said, ouch, because he's a Detroit fan. Johnny, you know and I know that everybody in this planet would want to see, most of us with a brain, would want to see Barry Sanders play. Just play. I don't care who he played for. I just want to see Barry Sanders play. Because he was amazing. And we lost a couple years. Two, three years. I think two. With, with, what, with what went down with Detroit and whatnot. But... That's the fact of the matter. Wide receivers that stay somewhere forever. They say, you know what? This change, that change, this change, this change. I want to try something new. I want to go somewhere else. I want to go where I'm appreciated. I want to go where I have an opportunity. Des Bryant got kicked out of the door in the 11th hour. This man is your best wide receiver of the last eight years. Not a little. He's your best. He's your best guy. He's your best bet. For goodness sakes, he wore number 88, Michael Irvin. Holy crap. This is historical. And you're going to let him go for free? For free. Bye. See you later. Have a great day. You can sign with whoever you want to sign with. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Des Bryant's on a mission now. Oh, he's going to embarrass somebody. He's going to embarrass somebody. But, like I said, we're going to start this morning getting in to the discussion. And now we have to take a fast break and get Enrico Mastriani on the show. And then right after that, I told you we're going to continue this thing on. Because we had we had this part this morning. We have Enrico coming on now. Then we have an opportunity to dive back into and expand and then we'll have LJ Papaleo in just a little bit. So I'm going to get my heart rate down. Okay. I'm amped this morning. I'm in it to win it. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm a Des Bryant. Oh my God. I'm a Des Bryant fan. I got his jersey and all this stuff. I don't own his jersey. But I'm just speaking truth is truth. If you didn't want the man, let the man go. Give him an opportunity. Okay. Don't 
don't be with a dude, right? Don't be with a guy and hate him and not want to marry him. And you know the love of his life is getting married this week. And you've been with this man for six years, bringing him down. And then right after that girl gets married and she throws her bouquet in the air, you're like, nah, we should probably break up because this isn't working for me. Don't, don't put him in that position. If you don't want him, let somebody else have him. He could have had a chance at his dream girl, but you were hanging around. That's how this situation is. If Dez is not your dream guy, if you're not going to marry this man up, then let him be. Let him go get married to somebody that's going to appreciate him. Why hold on to him this long? It's disrespectful and it's wrong and I don't care who made the decision. It's a wrong decision to make. It's wrong. And if he's such a locker room problem, why are all these teammates coming out and saying, no, 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 no. Dez is nice. Dez is good stuff. Not everybody's going to say that. You're not going to please everybody. But you treat your number one receiver a little bit better than this. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora for a fast break. When I come back, Enrico Mastriani will be joining me from Marywood University, my alma mater. You know how much I love them. And I'm very excited to have Enrico on the show and uh, he is no stranger to the broadcast. We're going to have to speak about how many dinners he owes me at this point. And, uh, and obviously, Marywood Giving Day. It's always good to give back to a university or to a mission or to something that means so much to you. And we got to do that with Marywood recently. We'll talk with him in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Drysig Lady Apparel. D R E I S S I G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing and don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay at home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. 
How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR. Dot com backslash wake up call DT. You know what it is. If you're not a member yet, it is free. It's easy. It's not one of those things like free with proof of purchase when I was a child and I wanted that like stuffed animal from the cereal box and I had to buy 17 cereal boxes. This is free, folks. Okay. So go on to mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT and become a member for free today. And obviously, listen every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Enrico Mastriani's on the show now. And and every few weeks, I feel like we have to bring Enrico on so he can redeem himself, so that he can, you know, speak on what's going on. He owes me, I think at this point, it's two dinners. He owes me, there's like shirts, there's hats, there's dinners. The great thing about this is, I'm not a student athlete in high school, so none of this is against NCAA regulations. Now, if I renewed my eligibility, then I'd have to give it all back, but I intend to eat the food well before I I, uh, decide to come back and play at Marywood. So, with that being said, Enrico Mastriani, Marywood men's basketball, head coach, one of the nicest guys I know, one of the greatest people that I know, and just finished up his third season with the team. He knows that I love him, which is why I treat him the way I do. But the dinners are not coming off the table. So, <laughs> Enrico, how are we doing today? Dan, Dan, you keep calling me a nice guy. If you keep demanding dinner, I'm not going to be so nice anymore. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the well runs is high every once in a while. So uh, you, you still have to come visit us for, for you to get that, that opportunity for a dinner. So I'm going to keep you keep you on your toes there. Tell you you got to take a trip to Scranton soon, sooner than later. Yeah, and I know that I do, and I'm actually – planning on doing that and and you and I need to discuss that because I will find my way down there. I believe and I don't know if I want to say this because I'm nervous in saying this. I believe that winter's over and I was kind of, I was waiting for winter to end to take a trip down to Scranton because Jesus knows that Cortland did something to somebody a long time ago and it pissed everybody off. And I always have to go through Cortland. And listen, I love the people of Cortland. I hope that you listen to the show. You can admit and I can admit that somebody took a lamp out of a cave somewhere in Cortland a long time ago and never returned it. And that's the problem. We're like Indiana Jones in this thing. So in order to get to Scranton, I have to go through Cortland. So once winter decides to finally leave then I can come down to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Well, just to put it in perspective for you, a couple of days ago we had uh, we had sun, we had seventy degree weather, we had shorts at a baseball game, and uh, today we're dealing with uh, wind gusts of up to fifty miles an hour, <laughs> cold rain, and and dark clouds everywhere. So, uh, yeah, it's unpredictable for whatever reason. Spring has not uh, has not fully committed to us yet. No, spring has not. But, you know, when we look at what we can talk about, speaking of who's who's committed, spring hasn't. But you've gotten to make some announcements recently. Is that true about the future of this team? Can you can you impart any knowledge on what's coming? Yeah, yeah. We're, 
coming from Enrico Mastriani, Marywood men's basketball head coach. So you have a bunch of people that are already set to go and hopefully some more to come. First three seasons, what have you learned about about this team, about, you know, obviously I can't ask you what you learned about the conference because the conference is ever-changing, but right. just, just what you've taken away from this team so far. And, and you know, we, coaches talk about trust the process. you got to buy in. I'm trying to create a new culture. I have to change what was here before me that that is not me, and I need to move forward with this. I mean, it takes time. People want to win immediately, but it takes time. And the first couple seasons were were tough. But this past season, the team made a huge jump. And just to speak on what you've taken away from these three years and how trusting the process turned Marywood into a team that was a postseason team this year. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's evident, you know, year after year we, we improved. I know in the first two seasons the record seemed pretty flatline, but uh, the improvement was in the conference wins. You spoke about the conference and what have you learned. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a stranger to the conference. I had been in this conference before as a coach, as an assistant coach at one university and as a head coach at another. And, you know, I kind of knew what it would take to, to win games in this league and, um it is changing, but I think the blueprint stays the same. I think you have to bring in high-quality character kids. And, and, again, I mean, we're talking about guys that want to truly be at Marywood, that want to be Pacers. It's, you know, it's it's one thing to chase talent and try to bring in the best players you possibly can, but there's got to be a fit, and it's got to make sense for everybody. Uh, you can't be bringing in guys that think that it's about them. Um, you know, a team is about team, and basketball is not an individual sport, and, and we preach that all the time. And we have a lot of individuals who have a lot of success and, and break records and such, but, you know, our our success as a team is about the unit being together, one group unified, staying the course, staying together, focused on a common goal, and, and always striving every day to improve themselves, but to push each other to be better. And, and when we look at, you know, this being a team sport and coming together, what, what can you say about what you've seen from the players, what you've taken away from the players, and, and just what they've done for you, it, kind of the leadership moving forward? Well, they're committed. I think that's the, the first and foremost thing. I, I You know, I'm not allowed to work with them right now. They're in the off-season plan, and, and we give them a program to run, you know, in terms of open gym and um, skill development, weight room training. And uh, but we can't be involved in it as coaches. So you know we hear from other people. Oh, I saw your guys. Oh, your guys are doing this. Oh, your guys are there early. Oh, your guys are there late. You know. So we know that they're working. And um, you know it's it's not it's not uncommon. I, I guess that teams that are not committed to doing that, that don't get in and work on their own without the supervision of coaches, those teams ultimately fail. Uh, and in the first two seasons, I can tell you that was probably one of the 
most glaring problems that we had was that guys were not committed to it. They weren't committed to the weight room. They weren't committed to the off-season program. And that's changed now. And obviously a little bit of success helps generate that motivation. Um, but I think it's more than that. I think it's it's in the recruiting process when we go out and we try to identify the guys that we want to have in our program. We're looking for those leaders. We're looking for those guys that were captains on the team, that were, um, you know, like I said, I keep going back to the high-achieving students. I mean, I don't think you can underestimate how important that is to know that a, a student is or an athlete is disciplined enough to do well in the classroom while training full-time for their sport, which it is a lot to ask of a student-athlete, especially at the collegiate level. And um, and these guys are committed to it. They're dedicated. They're motivated, self-motivated, which makes our job a heck of a lot easier. That coming from Enrico Mastriani, Marywood men's basketball head coach. Enrico, you're you're moving on and, and into a new conference. It's it's funny for me to look at the name of the conference because I cover the ACC, the Atlantic Coast, and I cover the American Athletic. So I have the AAC, the ACC, and now I have the AEC, the Atlantic East, and not only Marywood, but Cabrini, Gwen and Mercy, Immaculata, Marymount, Newman, and Wesley have all gotten approval to move into this new conference, the Atlantic East. Now, the Atlantic East will initially sponsor and host championships for 19 different sports, but will not have eligibility for automatic bids to the NCAA tournament until the 2021 or 2020-2021 season. So just what you can say about, I mean, obviously this is going to be a new conference, a new birth, new life, Marywood has been known to you know be a part of the ever-growing and the ever-changing climate of NCAA Division Three. What do you think about this move? Well, it, you know, like any any change, it, it doesn't come without consequences, right? I mean, you mentioned the automatic birth thing, and, and that's a challenge that we're going to face, but I think that then becomes the role of the coach to try to schedule appropriately. Um, you know, when the Landmark Conference was formed, and that's schools like, University of Scranton, Moravian, Susquehanna, Juniata, uh, for a couple of years, they were not eligible for automatic bid, but they played a, a very difficult conference schedule, which is what we're going to be facing, and then they also played a very difficult or challenging non-conference schedule and helped to boost the regional ranking. So I think an at-large bid is not out of the question in the first couple of years of the, of the conference, and I think you know our goals should always be as coaches to put ourselves in a position to win a conference championship. Uh, we will still have a conference playoff and a conference championship. So then it becomes the, the role of the committee to do its job and, and evaluate us appropriately and, and pick the teams that best suit the NCAA tournament. And um, hopefully our conference champion, and maybe if it's you know top two or three teams that are all competitive, maybe we'll all get a chance to get in. So I don't get it as, a, as an obstacle as much as an opportunity. Um, I think we have a really good, strong core of players coming back this year and, and some highly talented players, as you already mentioned, coming in. I, I'm not afraid of the opportunity to try to you know, push the limit and, and maybe get in that large bid, I think, for our conference. And if that's us, great. If it's not and it's somebody within our conference, then we know we had a hand in that too and, and tried to help grow this, uh, this program as it, as it develops. How much of a part of that, uh, part of this, do the coaches get to be? You know, when there's when there's the creation of a new conference. You know, this is historical. Forever, you know, from this moment on, you will be a part of this. You know, and and we hear about, you know, who were the founding members of the Big East, of the ACC, of this, of that, and and to be, 
the found a part of this this group of the founding members of the Atlantic East Conference. Just what that means to you, and and how involved do you get to be as a coach? I mean, is is this all being done by you know the the head of athletics and and you know sitting down with the president of Marywood, or are they speaking with the coaches? And and are you you know getting to be a part of this? How much does the involvement trickle down, so to speak? Well, I mean, there wasn't really much involvement or much say from the coaches. Uh, I think you know it was a decision that was made at the athletic director level. Um, and also at the president level, I think all the presidents got together and started to discuss, you know, how we align and, and the the push, I guess, or, or the uh, the interest in doing this was it was academically driven. I think it was also more competitively driven. I think we were looking at the conference as a whole and saying, you know, our regional rankings are not being supported by some of the conference teams that were not not winning enough. Basically, um, there were some teams that were. Uh, a little bit more susceptible to, you know, going winless in a season or, or one or two or three wins. And, you know, it's hard for me to say that because just a few years ago we were a five-win team, you know. But I, I knew kind of going into it that Marywood, you know, could have the potential better than that. So I don't think that we were considered to be a regular, um, you know, easy win on everybody's schedule. And, and I think there were some schools in our league that were that way. So... So to try to curb that and get the schools together that were driven to be successful athletically, I think that was really part of the goal. And as you look across the board with the talent of, of what's to come, just what you can say about the rest of the Atlantic East and, and what you know of these teams and, and these institutions, just what this can mean, is this the start of something potentially great in your opinion? I think it is. I think it is. I think the, the teams that are in the, in the conference or going to be joining the conference are – committed to that athletic success and and also at the same time like i said committed to having academic success and um that i think it it serves to our benefit um you know marywood historically has gotten high quality high achieving students as athletes our student athlete gpa is generally higher than our our student gpa at, at marywood and and i think probably among our our conference opponents and even regionally we're one of the highest achieving student athlete departments, athletic departments in terms of academic success. So I think it will serve us well. I think we'll we'll start to, you know, engage in recruiting efforts in different areas than we had before. You mentioned going to Wesley, uh, in Delaware, Dover, Delaware, you mentioned Marymount, Virginia, you know, that those are areas that we may have over the years had one or two student athletes from different sports attend Marywood for, you know, from those regions, but I think now being in that conference, having a footprint in there, I think we'll start to generate a lot more interest in those areas as well. So um, we still have our our New York contingent, and I, I expect that we'll continue to do that. Um, but, you know, certainly the the uh, distance south that we're going to be spread out now is going to open up new doors for, for recruiting. That coming from Enrico Mastriani of the Marywood Pacers men's basketball team, head coach of the team. Enrico, before I let you go, uh, Giving Day is something that happened this past this past week for Marywood and an opportunity to give back. And, you know, it, for me, it, it's it's a no-brainer to reach out to a university that's such a big part of my life and that, you know, that I wear so proudly and would wear the, the new T-shirts and hats and sweatshirts so proudly if I had any. But, you know, it, it's, uh, it's one of those things if – 
you know, just what you could say. I mean, they do giving day is done by universities and colleges all over the country, but this seemed to be a special one for Marywood, at least in my opinion. So just what you took away from that. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was a special day. And, and, you know, I think you could look at it one of two ways and, and Dan, you know, cause you got my messages all day. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, in some ways I, I apologize for, for being a pest and, and uh, you know, um, spreading the word all day long, basically a few hours I was sending a message out asking for help. And uh, just to, you know, again, reiterate the point that it's one day. Um, we're asking one day of giving and, and we do it every year. And last year uh, we had 412 donors, I believe, and this year it was up over 530 or so. And, and you know, our program in general, I, we grew exponentially as well. I think we had uh, 39 donors last year and, and we made it up to 54 this year and um, you know I, I try to emphasize to everyone it's not about the dollar amount I mean I think the dollar amount is great and, and there are people who were very very generous and, and donated uh, you know $100 at a time and, and that's wonderful but what's more important to me and, and I think what the messages that the university has been sending is just spread the word help us you know let everybody know if everybody if everybody in your contact list gave $5 Imagine what you could generate in one day, right? And uh, right. and I tell the players too. I mean, if we had if we had fifty donors, you know, if we, we had fifty four, but if we had even fifty, and everybody gave five dollars, it's a pretty good day, you know. But um, the idea is just to generate as much exposure as you can, and and just get the word out there, and, and make sure that people understand you're giving to a purpose. It's not random money going out into space, you know. It's it's pointed at our team or, or at another sports team or at a, a group on campus that's trying to raise funds for a trip or something. The money is going to be purposed for a reason. So I think it's uh, well worth the, the attention that we, we pay to it. And, you know, just what it meant to you to see that, like you said, the donors went up for the Marywood basketball program. The donors went up in general for Marywood University. Just kind of, you know, there's there's – this rebranding, rebroadcasting, you know, ju- you know, new logo, new conference, new life, new movement forward. Just how that all kind of plays into it. That Marywood is looking to grow. They are looking to expand and looking to get back in front of the eyes of the alumni and the eyes of potential students and student athletes. And just what you can say about that mission. Well, I think I think we're doing it aggressively too, which is not necessarily the way it's been done in the past. I, I would be remiss to not give a lot of credit to our strategic advancement department. I mean, their effort for giving day every year uh, has grown, and, and this year they did a lot of great things with offering suggestions and, and different ways to present the message. Um, our We have a new director of marketing, uh, James Brown, who has done uh, what, what he's calling Project Mint. Uh, it's a rebranding, as you mentioned, and a, and a push to try to ignite a flame, uh, you know, about Marywood and, and try to figure out what it is that makes us all tick, what it is that draws interest from other sources, whether they be funding sources, recruiting sources, whatever it may be. Um, I'm proud to, you know, have been involved in that survey and, and process. And, and I think, you know, there's just some new life and new new blood, new people coming in that have new ideas and are generating new interest in, uh, you know, different ways to spread the message about what Marywood is, what it means, and, and how it can continue to grow. I think part of that is the new conference, like you said, the Athletics logo, all, all those things coming together at one time. It's a really exciting time for us. I think uh, the future 
Absolutely. And that coming from Enrico Mastriani, once again, of Marywood Men's Basketball, head coach, and a special giving day that Marywood had. I, I was going ham before you got on here about Des Bryant. What was your reaction to Des Bryant being released immediately by the Cowboys, get in your car and leave? We're not going to trade you. We're not looking for anything, not looking for money, draft picks, anything. Just get out of here. What was your reaction to them booting out their number one receiver of the last eight years? Shocking. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody was shocked by it. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, as you might know, and so I'm, I'm like, okay, we got Landry. Let's bring uh, Des in, too. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I think, you know, we never really know the truth behind everything. I, I think that's true of all sports teams. You know, people might question my coaching decisions and say, well, why didn't that guy play? He's better than so-and-so. Well, it might have been something that took place that people don't know about, and we might not want them to know about it. Um, I don't know if that's the case here with Des. I think, you know, I think the shame of it is is that they could have at least entertained the idea of, you know, asking to take less money or, or you know, like you said, propose a trade. Um, but it seems like that wasn't even an option for him, which, you know, a couple weeks ago that was exactly where they were headed, and I don't know what transpired in the meantime. So, yeah, it's, it's a funny business. Sports is funny, and especially at that level. I mean, you know, when there's that much money involved in it, it uh, – tricky sometimes and you can't ever really understand it unless you're in that that room and in that office and you know what the details are so i wouldn't want to speculate on that but i uh i'm sure he's gonna land on his feet and have a lot of success somewhere probably against the cowboys at some point in the future (laughs) yeah and odell beckham jr i mean if des is is worth getting rid of in the minds of the cowboys i'm i'm i've got to guess that the the off the field and on the field craziness of Odell Beckham Jr. would put, you know, all his antics would maybe put him on the chopping block. I'm a little surprised that that chip hasn't fallen yet. Right. When you look at the comparison of the two, it it doesn't really add up. Um, You know, I mean, I guess from a production perspective, Beckham has had better production recently, but, you know, so did Dez early in his career. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they they looked at it as an aging wide receiver and they could get somebody better in the draft and pay less money. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business decision and it's theirs. And I can't really uh, speculate too much about why they would do it that way. It would be. It's funny though. I put out a poll, and I said, and I can only you can only put out four different answers. So I said, okay. So outside of these, if you have another one, reply with the team. And apparently, the people that were voting thought, okay, these four. Pretty spot on because they didn't reply with anybody else. I said, where do you think wide receiver Des Bryant will end up? The Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or the New York Jets? 22% said the Jets. 22% said the Niners. 26% said the Jaguars. And shout out to your boys, 30% of the world said the (laughs) Cleveland Browns who have more money than I love when people say you have more money than God. God doesn't have any money. So I was like, I, I have more money than God. So, you know, but the Cleveland Browns, they, they have that dough. And a few years ago, Jacksonville was playing with this. We have $70 million and we can buy whatever we want. Well, now they got good. So they have like 18, 19 million. And the Browns have an ungodly amount of money. And somehow, some way, they still got some still have some money to spend. So they get a good quarterback in the draft. They get Saquon Barkley. Then they add in Jarvis Landry and Des Bryant. And, you know, I, I will tell you this. 
with Carlos Hyde, Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry coming in, and them keeping their draft picks of one and four and having a bunch in the first, second, and third round, I stopped myself and said, people of the world, hear me and hear me now. (laughs) For the first time in 15 years, I'm going to say something that I've never said before. I am excited to watch the Cleveland Browns slash... I'm impressed by what they're doing. Now, I know that by saying that, it's a sign of the apocalypse, and I've sped up God coming back to the earth. But it's also a true statement. The Cleveland Browns might actually be good this year, Mr. Enrico Mastriani. Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to age myself, but I I remember, uh, you know, the Browns when they were AFC North's, uh, you know, contenders every year and and champions in the North and AFC Championship game losers to the Broncos multiple times, um, you know, with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more of a believer than most. Obviously, I, I still hope, I hope that my childhood would be re- rekindled here and the Browns will be good again. I, uh, I think you're right. You laid it out, the draft plan and, uh, you know, the, the free agent picks and the trades that they've made and the money that they have. I, I, think, the, uh, I think they hold the cards to being successful. And, again, that, that came with change of ownership, change of leadership. Um, you know, new GM in town, and, and he's doing things a little bit differently than the previous regime, and, you know, people are respecting it, and I think time will tell, but hopefully, uh, yeah, resurgence in the AFC North, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, not too far away from playoffs and Super Bowl contention. I, I really wanted to ask you what it was like to watch the Browns in 1930. <laughs> 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 it wasn't that long ago, but before they... Uh, before they, you know, shuffled off to uh, Baltimore, they, uh, the Browns were a pretty successful organization. And, uh, people don't know this, but they actually do have championships. They have AFL championships before the, uh, the NFL merged with the uh, AFL. So uh, they, they were a championship-contending team every year. And then we had the drop-off and, and the re- reboot in 99 that seemed to never really take off. So hopefully we'll get it right this time. Yeah, well, there's obviously a bunch of moves being made. And, you know, from a team that's made a lot of good moves that I've covered now, this being a decade going into it, the Jaguars, it's good to see the Cleveland Browns make similar moves here and get after it. So it is going to be an interesting, interesting draft as we come up to it. But I think that I'm going to be FaceTiming Enrico Mastriani, and we're going to do something in that first round of the draft. We're going to have some fun with that one. Well, you, you know, be careful about when you message me. <laughs> I've told my kids already, you know, on Thursday night at, at whatever, 7 o'clock or whatever time the draft starts, we need silence in the house and everybody in their browns gear, and we're going to be locked in. So uh, we're going to make sure that we don't have any interruptions. So catch me either right before the pick or right after, but not during. I, I need to focus on that then. I know, you need to make a phone call. The GM needs to make sure they made the right choice. <laughs> uh, I got a hotline right there in the front office, you know? Yeah, listen, if 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 the Jaguars had a red phone in my office, we would have been a, we would have been good a long time ago. Would have been taking thirty eight they're not even been around thirty eight years, but it feels like it's taken that long. No, they uh you know, they wouldn't have drafted six years of picks they don't have. 39 picks from 2008 to 2013 that they got rid of and started over in 2014 and have been good for the last three or four years. Like I said, statistically it proves it. 
you know, and before that they made some interesting decisions, but you know, I'll be, I'll be wearing gear and you'll be wearing your gear. And, and at some yep. point in my life, I'll be wearing Marywood gear, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes full circle. Here we go again. And I, right. Listen, if you come on this show, Mr. And the thing is, you want me to come down to Scranton. I want you behind to come up to Syracuse every once in a while. Okay. All right. Yeah. Next time, uh, next time we're up there, we're recruiting. I'll, I'll make sure I'll, I'll make it a pit stop for sure. Yeah. Hear what he said, folks. When he's up here helping himself, he'll come over and see me <laughs> if he's got some time. Why don't you just say, when I come up to Destiny USA to shop, I'll come see you. Like, that's, that's, that's where it is. But I'll definitely be down to see you very soon, and, and we'll be texting about that shortly. But all jokes aside, you know that, you're good stuff here and, and good in the community, and, and you know that there's much love for you on this this end of the microphone. So keep working hard and doing what you're doing. Thank you for everything you did for Marywood Giving Day. You didn't bug anybody. You kept everybody in the now and in that moment of please you know, help us out and know that this is important. So thank you for the work that you've done, and, and you know your guerrilla marketing worked out. So just keep doing what you're doing and, and being who you are and say hello to those children for me, okay? I will, Dan. I appreciate it, and uh, you know all the best to you and your family as well. And you know, hope uh, hope that that little dog isn't giving you too much trouble over there. You know, keep her in line. No, she's good. And I'm, you know, what I'm going to do from now on? I'm just going to call your wife and be like, and "Your husband owes me something." That's that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how things get accomplished around this house. Yeah, you just got to go to the right sources. You know. Yeah. So um, I mean, I I just I realize that meeting with you is good, but it's like when you meet with the GM, but you have to meet with the owner. I have to call the owner. <laughs> And then figure things out, you know. So when it's Cleveland Browns, it's you. But when it's me right, getting a T-shirt, right. it's your wife. So I know what I have to do now. But I, <laughs> I, I send all support over to your side of the uh, the woods here, a couple hours south of Syracuse, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Much appreciated. Thanks, Dan. All right, take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. That coming from Enrico Mastriani, always a good sport here on the show. We're gonna take a step aside. I'm so I'm so amped this morning. How can people not like Mondays? How can you hate a Monday? Monday's another day for me to be on the show. Monday is no different from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday when I do special events. It's another opportunity to do what I love. So why would I wake up on a Monday morning and say, "Oh, it's a Monday"? It's another day. It's like Tuesday, it's like Thursday, it's like whatever day. It's an opportunity for me to turn this mic on and have some fun with you and hopefully leave you laughing, enjoying life, and having a good time. And we just got a message of somebody saying that they hate Monday today. We got to discuss this. We got to get you on a better side of Monday, folks. There's good stuff coming here. Monday. Oh, oh, it was a switch. It was a bait and switch. Just got a message. I It was from one of my buddies. I hate this Monday unless I get to hang out with you and do this. You know, so that was very nice. It was like, I hate today unless we get to hang out and do some cool things. All right. Well, now I'm fine with that. Now we're good because it was a joke all in all. But Monday, I love you because Monday, like any other day, is an opportunity for to get for me to get up and do a few things. Thank God that I'm alive. See my wife. See my dog, see my mama, my my dad, my friends, my family, reach out to all of you and and do what I love. How could I dislike Monday? Monday's another day for me to go out there and be me. Monday's a reminder that I have a great life. Because Monday is a reminder of, hey Dan, you gotta wake up this morning and you gotta do that show wake up call that you created, that you own. 
all the rights to in your business that you love. Not a bad day at all. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. When we come back, we're going to jump back into the NFL before we get LJ Papaleo on in just a little bit. This is a wake-up call fast break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you could choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcall. 
DT, happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So set that dial, make it happen. Set that dial and make it happen. Right now. Keep it locked. That's your channel. My channel goes with you. No AM, no FM, with you. We're on Player FM, so I guess that counts. But our channel is your channel. You can download the app, Google Store, Apple Store. You can get us on the Podbean app itself by searching Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You can get us on iTunes by searching Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in the podcast. You can get us on TuneIn Radio by searching Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You can go to wakeupcalldt.com. You're listening live on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and that's how it works. You listen live on mixlr. And then it goes out to all these other sources, and you can listen to over 950 broadcasts currently on there with almost 102,000 downloads because you're amazing. And if that was one download, I'd still say you're amazing. And if it was 50, I'd say you're amazing. Because every little bit helps, and every little bit counts. And you can't get to where you're going without taking those steps, right? Everybody says, everybody focuses on the big numbers. I took took 10,000 steps today. You had to start with one. And maybe you didn't get to 10,000 the first time you tried. Maybe you got to two. Then maybe you got to five. Then maybe you got to 10. Every step you take, all the little things add up to the big thing. Don't forget that. Big things aren't just big things. They don't just happen. They happen with little steps. Even when it feels like those big things just fell right on your plate and you're like, oh my God, thank you so much. There were steps that you were taking that he was leading you on, or she was leading you on, however you describe God, to get you to where you are. Every step counts. Everyone. So God bless those steps, and God bless you on your path. All of us, me included. With that being said, hopping back into the NFL before we get LJ Papaleo onto the broadcast Des Bryant, let's go back to it, okay? Because that's a passionate piece today. It's it's involved a lot of you on the live line, and it's got me going. So let's take a look at, at, at what I had said before. I had put up the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the San Francisco 49ers, and the New York Jets, who I think are all potential suitors of Des Bryant. Second place was Jacksonville. First place was Cleveland. Cleveland's made a lot of moves. Cleveland's done a lot of good things. So with that being said, let's talk about it. Let's discuss. You said Cleveland. Let's see what we can find on here that makes some sense, right? Des Bryant, where could Des go? Well, if we look through the depth charts of what's going on in the country here, you know, Arizona is eventually going to need some help. They got Bryce Butler. Here's This is something that's really cool. Bryce Butler came out in defense of Des Bryant, and then now Bryce Butler's not with the Cowboys anymore. He's with the Cardinals. So Bryce could kind of pull for that. Larry Fitzgerald's not going to live forever, but darn it, I love Larry Fitzgerald. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I think Larry Fitzgerald's amazing. So it just seems like a really good human being. Extremely, He seems very intelligent. And his body, man, he just, whatever regimen he does, whatever he's eating and how he's working out, it works for him. So Arizona could be a landing spot. Baltimore, no, because Joe Flacco's on his way out. Arizona needs to draft a quarterback, I'll tell you that much. Buffalo, people talk about Buffalo being a landing spot. Buffalo doesn't know how to use any of their receivers. 
Zay Jones, and I know he got in trouble off the field, and I hope that never happens again. I I covered Zay when Zay was at East Carolina. I think Zay is a hugely underreported on, underappreciated wide receiver. He's coming into his sophomore season. He didn't have anybody that could throw to him. They have A.J. McCarron now. That could be good. I don't see Des in Buffalo because it doesn't make sense. Because they have talented wide receivers on the team right now that I feel like we're being underutilized with Tyrod Taylor. So I want to see what A.J. McCarron would do. And Des can't just go there and roll the dice going into his ninth season in the NFL. Carolina, no. No. I feel like they're shifting more to this, you know, Christian McCaffrey can be a wide receiver and a running back and, you know, short yardage passes and maybe not throwing the long ball. I mean, can't, it's always been about Cam Newton. And there are guys that, that do well. Greg Olson has done well. But ultimately, it's Cam's show. I mean, guys cycle in and out of there. Calvin Benjamin was a number one guy, but never really had greatness. He had great moments, but not greatness. Because, I mean, it's the, it's the Cam Newton show. I mean, we have to know that. We have to understand that. That's what it is. I don't think that you go to Carolina to flourish as a wide receiver. Chicago, no. They already picked up guys anyways, and again, this is all on Mitchell, Mitch Trubisky. That's who this is on. And I hope that he performs, and I hope that he does well. I liked him and, you know, supported, you know, obviously his story is a great story when he was with the Carolina Tar Heels, and I interviewed him, and so I have a lot of respect for him. I'm interested to see what's going to happen from here, though. And then coming off of, of that, so I don't think Chicago's a good fit. Cincinnati, absolutely not. Andy Dalton and that whole receiver core, no. But, I mean, A.J. Green has his moments, but he gets hurt. There's nothing there. There's no, absolutely not. Cleveland makes sense because they're, they're probably going to draft a quarterback. They have Tyrod Taylor. They have Carlos Hyde now and Duke Johnson and Matt Days. Don't forget about Matt Days from NC State. Nobody to burp burp off that, you know, there's nobody to burp about, so to speak. I don't know what I meant by that analogy, but I know I know what I was trying to say. There's nobody to overlook. I don't know how you overlook a burp, especially if they're loud. So that analogy didn't work, and I'll be the first to admit it. But Matt, <laughs> Matt Days, he was the guy picked before Mr. Irrelevant. He's anything but irrelevant. And if they use Matt Days like a power back, fullback guy, there's some life there for Cleveland. With their whole running back core. They might actually have the best core that they've had in a long time. David Njoku, next to Evan Ingram, best rookie tight end out there from last season. Corey Coleman, when he's healthy, he's a problem. Josh Gordon, when he gets to play football, he he came in after spending all that time off the field due to suspension. He came back this past season and was the number one receiver in his first game back with quarterbacks that were not throwing to him in games. He's relevant. Jarvis Landry's on the team now. Cleveland makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Dallas is a no. Denver, mm, no. I like Case Keenum. I do. I don't, they already have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. I just don't think that that's a fit. Detroit could be. They have Matt Stafford. They have LeGarrette Blunt now. They have a ton of running backs. But besides Tyon Green and, and LeGarrette Blunt. And Theo Riddick, as a guy to catch out of the backfield, I don't see Dwayne Washington. He's been injured and he hasn't come through. Zach Zenner, I know they signed, but nothing big's come out of him. And Amir Abdullah, they've given him three years. I don't think that 
Detroit fans are desperate to see Amir Abdullah do this, that, and the other. So, I mean, I, I shouldn't say they're not desperate to see him do this, that, and the other. I don't think people think that Amir Abdullah is going to come through, is what I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't anticipate that people think that he's going to come through. And, you know, his time is running out, obviously. So, Detroit... They got a lot of guys at running back, but I mean, they have Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. I don't know if there's space for Dez. I know that if Dez comes in, he becomes a number one, but Marvin Jones has been pretty damn good. Golden Tate's been good, and Kenny Galladay's shown some good signs. I don't know if you want to shake that up. Green Bay? No, they just let go of Jordy Nelson. They're not going to bring in another guy. And Green Bay's not known to make big splashes. They take the guys that they have and they build them. They're not known to go out and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to go find somebody. So... I don't think that's going to happen. Houston could be a fit. DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller's pretty good, but he gets hurt. They don't really have a top three. Braxton Miller, I wouldn't say that. Sammy Coates, mm, didn't do anything in Pittsburgh. Bruce Ellington from Arizona, no. Their tight ends, not too much to write home about with Steven Anderson and Ryan Griffin. So Houston could be a spot for him. Indianapolis, I would not test my luck. Pun greatly intended on that one. Jacksonville, yes, this one makes sense. They got some more money to spend. They have some opportunity here. They just spent big bank on you know making sure their offensive line was taken care of. They've already taken care of their defensive linemen. They've already taken care of their corners. <clears throat> They've already taken care of shoring up Telvin Smith. So there's some money there. Marquise Lee is not a number one in my opinion. He hasn't worked his way to a number one yet. Not that he can't. A lot of his attitude needs to change. Okay, the, Like I said, the attitude of the guy that I saw at the end of the game against the Patriots at Gillette Stadium in the AFC Championship, that's the Marquise Lee I want to see all the time. The guy that's humble, hungry, and determined and appreciative of where he is. That's who I want to see all the time. Okay? So with that being said, he could be a number one. Dante Moncrief could be a number two. But they got they have a lot of guys here that don't cost them a lot of money. Rashad Green, Jalen Strong, Jadon Mickens, Keelan Cole. None of those guys are expensive. They could they they could have a receiving core. Let me tell you something, okay? Say what you want to say about Blake Bortles, but he was throwing to his fifth and sixth string receivers, Keelan Cole and Jadon Mickens, and they were winning games. He played his entire season without his number one receiver and they went to the AFC championship. He didn't have his one and two every game throughout the season. He lost Allen Hearns multiple times. He lost Allen Robinson for the whole year. He lost Marquise Lee partially. His top three guys were down and the team went 12 and four. So don't talk to me about how Blake Bortles can't throw the long ball. Blake Bortles is a bad quarterback. If you think Blake Bortles is a bad quarterback, you are just feeding, you're just, I'm sorry, you're eating the garbage they're feeding you. They wrapped up in a burrito something nasty and you ate it. They wrapped up a rat in a burrito and told you it was chicken and you ate it. Okay? That's on you. You ate it. Blake Bortles, if you can look me in the eye and tell me Blake Bortles is a bad quarterback, you have not watched an entire season of football. You didn't watch an entire season of the NFL. You slept through 2017-18. That's the only logical explanation you could give me for thinking that he's a bad quarterback. Any guy that can make his fifth and sixth string receivers 
if he can connect with them and bring relevancy to these guys, that is huge. And I credit them too with that relevancy. I love talking to Keelan Cole and Jadon Mickens because they appreciate where they come from. They appreciate what they're doing. And they're not sitting here going, oh, I'm a fifth string wide receiver. They're like, no, I'm going to go out there. My job is to catch a ball. I'm in the NFL. That's my position. Jacksonville brings in Des Bryant. And that is danger ground. You got Des, Marquise, Dante, Didi, Keelan, Jadon. That's six. Rashad Green, hello. Could be one of the deepest receiving cores, but not the deepest in the country. Kansas City, does it make sense for him there? They just brought in Sammy Watkins. Probably not going to bring in another guy. They have Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and all that good stuff. The Chargers, no. I wouldn't go where Phillip Rivers is. I wouldn't do it. He's a good quarterback, but I'm going into my ninth season. I want to be in the playoffs. The Rams, this could be a spot, but they already have Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. They got some good guys. Tavon Austin somehow continues to stay there. God bless him. He hasn't done anything in the NFL. Nothing. I'm not wishing bad on the guy. I'm just stating an obvious fact. He hasn't done anything. A lot of hype of a West Virginia guy. Same thing with Geno Smith. Doesn't pan out. Because offensive players in the Big 12 don't play against defense. I and you and most of America can catch a pass with no defense. I know that if I run out into an open field, I trust myself to catch the ball. When everybody's hitting me with pillows and giggling. That's the Big 12. <laughs> no, you go. That's the Big 12. It's, there's no defense. When you score 70 points in a game and you beat a team that scored 60, there's no defense. Uh, I mean, uh, oh my, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? What, are you playing a basketball game? I mean, this is ridiculous. Syracuse and Pittsburgh did it one time. One time. The Big 12 does it weekly. They do it all the time. There's no defense. That's why Geno Smith and Tavon Austin, one of the reasons, in my opinion, why they're not relevant in the NFL, because they didn't play against any defense. If you are a talented player, which obviously they have talent enough to make it into the NFL, that's great. But if you can't play against a team that plays defense, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So that's one of those issues. And that's the truth of the matter. So yeah, the Rams might make some sense because they're getting better. They're spending a ton of money. And, you know, Brandon Cooks, well, we'll see what he does. Robert Woods, but not a bad choice. But they spent money on Brandon Cooks, so they might want to see that through. Miami, mm -mm, don't do that. They have Brock Osweiler now, folks. Wherever Brock goes, teams seem to lose. So I don't, I don't know. That's not a good fit. Minnesota, they already have their guys. Yeah, that'd be crowded for him. New England, he's not going to do that. New Orleans, he's already said, like, thanks but no thanks, allegedly. So I guess that's a no. So And obviously, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram make them a better rushing team, so Drew Brees didn't have to do as much later on in his career here, which has been good for him and good for the team. They're more versatile now. So I think New Orleans, you know, they have arguably one of the best one-two punches in the country, if not top two, maybe the best. So output-wise, so we'll see what happens from here. The Giants, no. Especially if they're looking at letting go of Odell Beckham Jr. It's not going to happen. The Jets, Hell no. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Why would you do that? 
Why? No. I don't think... Des Bryant would be frustrated out of his mind if he was on a team that won three games. And I'm not going to say that the Jets are only going to win three games. They made a lot of moves. They brought in Thomas Rawls. They brought in Isaiah Crowell. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater to see what he can do. Robbie Anderson was phenomenal last year. Terrell Pryor came in. Andre Roberts is here now. There's some good stuff. I'm just excited to see what the Jets do. But I don't think that that's a place for Des Bryant. Not if he wants to win right now. The Oakland Raiders. They already made a move on Jordy Nelson. They have Amari Cooper. Now they got rid of Michael Crabtree. So that wouldn't be too bad. John Gruden's the coach. He can make a little splash. See what happens there. And I think Des, I think Des Bryant with the Raider Nation behind him, that could be dangerous. That could be a spot. Philadelphia, no. Pittsburgh, no. It's pretty easy for me to look at those because Philadelphia, you don't want to change too much. When you have a winning formula, you don't want to disrupt it. And Pittsburgh, you have Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Martavis Bryant. You don't want to mess with that. Seattle, no. Because Seattle's a whole lot of problems, and Seattle has no running game. So it's all going to be on passing the ball, and they're going to know that you're passing the ball 99% of the time, so that's not good. San Francisco, yeah, this makes sense. Pierre Garçon, Number one guy, not in my book, not going to be there forever. Marquise Goodwin, not bad. Trent Taylor did some good things. There's some life here for San Fran and Des Bryant. Tampa Bay, and there's a connection between guys going back and forth, San Fran and Dallas. And then at Tampa Bay, no, that's not going to happen. I don't see that happening for this. I don't, Jameis Winston, it's just, no. Tennessee, no. And Washington, no, because they have friggin' Alex Smith. They refuse to play pay Kirk Cousins, so they paid Kirk Cousins' older brother who doesn't play as well, Alex Smith. It makes no sense. So there's teams out there that, that yeah, there's viable options for Des Bryant. We just went over them. I think there's places that he can go, and I think that there's places that he could still flourish. And believe it or not, I think Jacksonville's a good landing spot for him. Because if anybody's going to tell him, where, and this is no BS, it's Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin. And this guy, he gets to go to a warmer climate, Gets to play with a team that was four points away of making the Super Bowl? That's not a bad look. Don't count out Jacksonville. We're going to take a step aside. We will come back with the man, LJ Papaleo. He will be joining me to discuss soccer, the other football, what's going on in central New York, and his care and concern for the community and how he helps every single week in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel, creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family. 
their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this, Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT Hanging out here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You know what to do. You go to MixLR.com backslash DT. You click follow, and you get to talk with me in the live chat room every live episode. And you get emailed when the show goes live, so all you have to do is click on your email. You open your email. And you click listen. That's all you have to do. It's as easy as that. Make it so easy for you to listen in from any device anywhere in the world. Especially here in central New York. We want to thank you as as we're based here and flying all over God's green earth. I want to thank my second home of Florida and a base that we have there as well. So shout out to everybody and, and all that you're doing. One of the people of central and upstate New York that means a lot to me and a lot to the show is LJ Papaleo. And you know him, Lawrence LJ Papaleo, as, as a licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. And what he does for the community, what he's done for my family, means the world to me. And I want to have him on the show today. You hear him typically with, with the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Pesci. And now you get to hear him this morning with me to speak for a few minutes on what he's doing in the community. And then we're going to get to some sports, some soccer and different things going on and and bring it into the sports world. But I really wanted to take a moment since leadership is paramount to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to first and foremost welcome LJ into the show and then to speak on what he does in the community. So how you doing today, sir? Hey, Dan. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, and I want to get into that, how... You know, for you, being a realtor is not just about, you know, having a job, but it's about creating an opportunity for people to attain their dreams. And, you know, whether people are selling to move on to something else or they're coming into the community or they're just moving around within the community, you know, I, I want to shed some light on how you're a leader in this community through the world of realty. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, um, I'm constantly seeking out different clients, um, helping them, especially buyers. It seems like in my age bracket, 28, 29 years old, um, a lot of people are looking for their first home. Um, as were you last year, which I was uh, one of my favorite clients. So thank you very much for uh, choosing me as your realtor, obviously. That better but, be uh, real and not just for live radio. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's for real, of course. But, um, you know, it's, it's still very much part of the American dream, owning a home. And um, people putting their roots down and, and starting a family. So to play a minor role in that whole process is uh, fulfilling for me. And and when you have that, you know, when, when you get to be a part of this journey that people take, you know, to me, the companies that, that work with, with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, that work with my company as a whole with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, you know, it, it's a it's a family of, of hardworking people that have good morals and values 
do things the right way and and care about the community. There's a criteria for being part of the wake up call family. And if you're not of that mindset of, of helping people and doing things the right way, you don't stay on the team long enough. You know, you essentially get traded. And and with having the people that we have, you being one of them, I want to, you know, have you speak a little bit deeper about why you're different and what it means to be different in a world where people want to be told told the truth. And I feel like in a world where people just want genuine interaction, just any type of genuine interaction, how you provide that, because you're one of the people that does it best. So I, I'd, I'd love for you to speak on that a little bit more. Sure, absolutely. And to go on about uh, being part of your team, I hope I'm a franchise player. You know, you put that franchise tag on me. But, well, uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna franchise tag you. I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna make sure that that you you stay with the team for a while. We're not gonna Kirk Cousins you over here. <laughs> we're gonna take care of you. They didn't take care of him in Washington. We know what we're doing over here. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Um. So yeah, I mean, you know, could you could you rephrase the question again? Yeah, I mean, just 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 what you can say about you know how you've how you've been in this community and. And what it means to you to, you know, grow up here and, and be a part of this community and, and to give back. That it's not just, hey, I'm a realtor and, and this is what I do, but that you genuinely tell the truth to people. I mean, throughout our entire process, what you did for me was real. It was, this is what's going on. I'm not going to tell you what to do or to get this, to not to get this, but I'm going to be real with you about this is what this house is. This is what you'll have to do. These are some of the things that you haven't seen. This is the person that you're dealing with. You know, you right. you you provide information, and like I said, in a world that just wants genuine interaction in every walk of life, in in any scope, that you provide that. You're one of the most genuine people out there, and I think that that's something that you know makes you a person to work with because you're real. So to speak on that a little that. bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think. Um, my faith drives that personality of me is, um, you know, and I just, I don't have the energy to put on an act. Um, everything's real. Everything's genuine. I'm not going out there looking out for numero uno or anything. We're all in this world together. So, you know, if you could touch one life and that life touches another one, it's a chain effect. So, um, you know, I, I've got a, a son who's almost seven months old now, and, uh, I'm trying to make the world a better place every day with, with how I interact with people, hopefully setting an example for him. And before we, we flip into soccer here with Lawrence LJ Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson of Gilbo Realty and a former professional soccer player himself, to to look at this community, what do you like about Central New York and upstate New York? I mean, I love the challenge of somebody going, there's nothing to do here. There's nothing. I love the challenge of when somebody says, what's there to do in Syracuse? What's there to do in Binghamton? What's there to do here? I love that challenge. What do you love about central New York? Man, I mean, well, it's going to be a different answer than you're looking for. I think, you know, my family's here and, uh, you know, I guess they could tie into why they've stayed here as this is home. Um, it's difficult to explain there's so many answers but at the same time you know just the general feeling of its home trumps that whole you know all those other answers um you know there's the the people are real it seems like you know i think bill murray was in the uh, in syracuse.com a few years ago um saying that you know 
I think he was looking for a house in Syracuse because the people in Syracuse were real and were not a bunch of phonies or anything like that. Um, I'll have to look into that and see if uh, if that's true, um, exactly what he said. But you know, we're we're just a bunch of real people, you know, and I love that. I don't really like the whole superficial Hollywood, you know, um, making yourself look beautiful all the time and you know posing right for the picture. Um, the real moments are the ones where you're not ready for the photo and you're doing something goofy with your friends or, or stuff like that. So we got a bunch of people like that here in Syracuse and in central New York. And uh, that's, that's probably my favorite thing about it. That coming from LJ Papaleo, a licensed real estate salesperson at Gilboa Realty. Real people. A real guy selling realty. I don't think there's anything better than that. A nice play on words, and, and maybe that's that's a new punchline, and I will take my check in the mail. So, but with with... Everything that you care about and caring about this community, you also care about soccer. Now, I am in my element when the World Cup comes around, and I get very impatient. Like, as soon as the World Cup ends, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to get through these next four years? I mean, like, what, what in these next four years? I'm going to do every, I, I appreciate every day and every moment. So, I'm going to enjoy the four years in between. But it's that feeling of, I can't wait. The day that it ends, I can't wait for it again. Now, my heritage is being Spanish and Italian. So, I'm golden. For the rest of my life, back-to-back World Cups, my life is good. So, Italy's not in it this year, and that's weird for LJ and for myself. We have an Italian background, and so that's going to be strange, but how excited are you for this? It it officially starts on June 14th at 11 a.m., between Russia and Saudi Arabia, what can you say about this World Cup, LJ? Are you are you as excited about this as I am? Because I th- this is like the NCAA tournament. I will sit down and watch any game. I will watch any team play. It doesn't matter for me. What what do you, what can you say about the 2018 FIFA World Cup that's coming up here? I mean, it's been long waited for. Um, four years is a very long time, and I think it's the biggest sports event in in the history of sports and it repeats itself every four years and that three-year build-up makes it that special um for me personally this is a tough one for me because number one i root for usa and they're out um fun fact about that i played at suny albany my freshman year with the goalie who's on trinidad tobago who uh knocked out the u.s so uh it was a very interesting feeling for me because I was happy for him, but at the same time, very upset U.S. didn't make it. And then Italy didn't make it, which, um, which is terrible. I, I, don't even, I don't even get how that's even possible. You know, you win, I think, the first two of three World Cups ever, and you have a dominant team on paper. But it comes to executing, and we did a terrible job as Italians this year. Um, so I'm, I'm depressed in that sense, uh, still sad, but, um, the event itself is, is exciting and it takes a little bit of pressure off of me knowing that both my teams that I wanted to win are out. I could just enjoy it now for what it's worth and not worry for penalty shots or anything like that. So, um, no, I'm pretty thrilled in that sense. And you can cheer for Spain now. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to cheer for Portugal because Cristiano Ronaldo is my favorite player. Whatever. 
whatever, okay. whatever you need to do. So we're gonna we're gonna look at, at group stages here before before we uh, get rolling here with LJ and and let him go and show another house here in the central New York community. But I wanted to ask you really quick. I'm gonna go down the groups and just you know what what you can say about the best one in your opinion. You know, Group A is Egypt, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Uruguay. Uh, Group B, Iran, Morocco, Portugal, and Spain. Group C, Australia, Denmark, France, and Peru. Shout out to Peru, my cousin's home country. Love that. I'm very happy. I'm going to cheer for them, too, because they're in it. Uh, Group D, Argentina, Croatia, Iceland, and Nigeria. Group E, Brazil, Costa Rica, Switzerland, and Serbia. Group F, Germany, South Korea, Mexico, and Sweden. Group G, Belgium, England, Panama, and Tunisia. And Group H, Colombia, Japan, Poland, and Senegal. Which one sticks out to you? Or is there just a team that you're looking for saying, hey, this group is tough because this team's in it? What can you say about the, the obviously, where we start from Group A through H, you know, with the teams coming out of this one? What's sticking out to you at this point? I mean, I think they're all going to be tough. Even the countries they think, like, okay, I believe you said Tunisia, um, everyone expects that to be a win, but when the World Cup is on the line, the the teams who are not expected to do well could pull out a miracle, and then the teams who are expected to just coast through the group stages find themselves in trouble. So, you know, that I'm sure there is a group of death in there, um, but at the same time, every group, every group stage, every game you play is a must-win. So the the group I'm most excited about is Portugal, Spain, and then the other two in there because uh, yeah I think Spain's going to win the group, and I think Portugal's just get barely going to get through, similar to how they did in the champ or the uh, Europa um, European Cup. So um, you know that's that's my forecast. I made a forecast uh, on Facebook a couple months ago. I said it's going to be Argentina, Portugal in the final. Messi's going to have one goal, Ronaldo's going to have two, and I'm going to stick to that. I would agree with you if you had changed your mind on another team in Group B, but <laughs> that's okay. But you know, just the excitement of it all. I mean, I know you you have your wife. Shout out to Elise, and you got you got your little man Leo, and you know, obviously, you have you know you're a pet friendly man yourself. So in the household, are you in a room by yourself? with headphones on saying, everybody, everybody leave me alone. And I'm just kind of like sitting there watching it. Or is this a family affair? Well, good question. It really depends because, uh, you know, if, if it's an earlier game, my wife's going to work and my in-laws watch um, my son for me, for us. So, um, you know, daycare costs a, a fortune nowadays. But um, I'll be watching most of them alone. Um, what I really can't stand is when people put their opinions out on the game and they don't know that much about it. Yeah. Um, you know, so ignorant comments during a game like, oh, you know, that guy sucks. That guy made it to the World Cup. <laughs> so yeah. clearly he doesn't suck, right? Um, so I like to watch things alone. You know, with my family, I don't have to worry about that. With my immediate family, uh, come from Italian descent, so uh, jealousy there. In, in the Italian heritage, um, I can speak on behalf of that. So I don't really like to watch too many games with the Italian side because uh, you know they're they're easy to you know get into it for the wrong reasons. But um, most of the time, I'm just watching on my own and then just enjoying it. 
Well, I have an idea that I'm going to speak with LJ off the air about that connects to Wake Up Call on how he won't have to watch these games alone. Not all of them. So there's a there's an idea, and I haven't even talked to him about it. I'm excited, though. But there, I have I have a thought on how we can make Wake Up Call a World Cup headquarters, and you and, and I don't know if there's a better person. I don't think there is that would join me in doing that. So you and I are going to have to talk about that. Absolutely. I'd love to. That coming from... Lawrence L.J. Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty, and you can get in touch with him by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on his picture right there where it says Central New Yorkers support our community by supporting local business. You can also call him directly at 315-748-2524 and go to papaleocellrealestate.com. That's P A P A. L-E-O, sellrealestate.com, and 315-748-2524. After this winter, if you're looking to hightail it out of here, he's the guy to call. And if you're somebody that's like, I just got here and I want to know what life is like when the sun is shining, and you're looking to maybe move, you're getting out of an apartment, whatever it may be, or if you're a business like me who's constantly growing and expanding and looking at other opportunities, 315-748-2524. There's not a better person in the business because I put my money where my mouth is and I worked with this man from day zero. And so I can tell you firsthand that when it comes to such a big decision for your company and for your family, you have to call somebody that you know you can trust that's going to be looking out for you when you're sleeping. And that's LJ Papaleo. So, sir, thank you for what you do. I really appreciate that, Dan. Thank you. All right. I'll talk with you very soon. Actually, I'll, be, right. I'll text you very soon about this idea. All right. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Have, have a good time showing houses today, all right? Thank you. I appreciate it. Talk right. to you soon. Take care. That coming from Lawrence L.J. Papaleo once again. Professional soccer player played overseas in Poland, came back, played for the Syracuse Silver Knights, is connected with Syracuse FC, and, of course, is a licensed real estate salesperson now. So whenever, you know, he's a great public speaker when it comes to, you know, people saying life after being an athlete, when somebody wants to be an athlete, when that's their dream and their aspiration. I want to be an athlete. I want to be an athlete. I want to be an athlete. That's what I'm going to do. That's great. What are you going to do after? What are you going to do if that doesn't work out? Well, L.J. Papaleo is a perfect example of what you do after. He got to be an athlete. And now he's a licensed real estate salesperson, affecting people's lives in a positive way through a different field. And to be successful on two different fields, that's something pretty amazing. And I shout out L.J. Papaleo for that. We'll take a step aside for our final fast break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up the show with a look at what's going on in the NHL and the NBA playoffs before we get you set for tomorrow. Once again, LJ Papaleo, selling a house, buying a house, selling commercial property, buying commercial property, land, whatever it may be. 315-748-2524. We'll be right back. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. 
The Penn and Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn and Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to have you here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. If you haven't become a member, do so now on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You can find us all over the place. Or you can just simply go to wakeupcalldt.com and get it all there. The RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, the app powered by Podbean, the MixLR live feed, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that jazz. We're also on Player FM. We're on the Podbean app itself. We're on TuneIn Radio, so you can find us there as well. And, of course, 24-7, Facebook, at WakeUpCallDT, Twitter, at CallDT, and Instagram, at WakeUpCallDT. DT. Thank you, wherever you're coming from, for joining me. And for reading the articles on wakeupcalldt.com's right now page, watching the videos on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and obviously listening here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Rounding out today's show, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are going on right now. We haven't talked about this yet. Number one, Nashville going up. I love this, okay? I love this opportunity. What we have, I, I want to get started here. I want to. I know I just mentioned Nashville, but I want to go down the line. So, Tampa Bay Lightning, Atlantic number one, going up against the Jersey Devils, wild card number two. The Lightning are up two to nothing in the best of seven. Boston Bruins, Atlantic number two versus Atlantic number threes. Toronto Maple Leafs, good to see Toronto make it happen, but good to see them in the Stanley Cup playoffs. However. Boston has taken it to them two games to nothing so far. Washington Capitals, Metro number one versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, wild card number one. Blue Jackets are up two to nothing 
with overtime wins in both games, 4-3 and 5-4, the old parent team of the Syracuse Crunch. Pittsburgh Penguins, Metro number two against the Philadelphia Flyers, Metro number three. The Penguins got the first one. Flyers got the second. Penguins got the third. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. These cities, from what I told, don't like each other. Not very fond of one another in the fight for Pennsylvania. And right now, that fight's the best one out there. As I said, everybody else 2 nothing up to this point that we've conversed about. This one's going back and forth. Penguins up 2-1. to one. In the Western Conference, Nashville Predators, what I was talking about before, Central number one against the Colorado Avalanche Wild Card number two. Predators are up 2 to nothing. The Winnipeg Jets, Central number two against the Minnesota Wild. I was just around all their jerseys and t-shirts and hats, spending time in Minneapolis on my way to and from the NCAA tournament, Central number three is the Minnesota Wild. They are down two to one. Just got their first win in Game Three, six to two over the Jets. The Vegas Golden Knights, the expansion team and the newest team of the NHL, love it. Love that this is this is the newest added team to the NHL, and they are holding their own. The Vegas Golden Knights, Pacific number one against the LA Kings, Wild Card number one, Golden Knights are up 3 to nothing and one game away from sweeping the series against the LA Kings and the Golden Knights won their second game in double overtime. The Anaheim Ducks, Pacific number 2 against the San Jose San San Jose I feel like I'm liar like Jim Carrey and liar liar where he's like blah, blah, blah. so or Lewis Black depending on who you watch. San Jose Sharks Pacific number 3. These teams are not fond of one another. And the Sharks seem to be the thorn in the side of the Ducks when it comes to the playoffs. And they've been that so far as the Sharks are up 2 to nothing, 2 to nothing, folks. And those games were in Anaheim. So not a good sign for the Ducks. They need to roll back into this thing. And then on the other side of it, in the NBA playoffs, we have the Raptors and the Rockets as the number one teams, believe it or not. If you thunk it or you didn't, this is the truth of the matter, folks. The Rockets, top in the West, not Golden State, and top in the East, not Cleveland. It's the Toronto Raptors. And I had this conversation I'm going to share with you tomorrow with Zaire Franklin about the Toronto Raptors and Jonathan Thomas about my thoughts on the Raptors and their thoughts on the Raptors and how we apparently have differing views, which I think is an understatement. The Raptors, number one against number eight, Washington. Only been one game played. The playoffs just started this weekend. So the Raptors got the first game. Boston Celtics were able to defeat the Bucks in overtime. The Sixers took down the Heat, scoring 130 points. Ben Simmons and company, sweet mother. Cleveland Cavaliers and the Pacers. The Pacers beat the Cavs in game number one. That game in Cleveland. On the west side of things, the Minnesota Timberwolves. No, I am not stuttering, and no, this is not a mistake, nor is it opposite day. The Timberwolves are in the playoffs. They are the eighth seed. It's been a long time coming, but they lost by three to the Rockets in the first game. The Golden State Warriors took down the Spurs in game number one, 113-92. Kawhi Leonard and that giant mess of what the hell's going on has been an issue all the way through here about what is exactly happening. And it just seems like they're just going to leave Kawhi on the bench and he's just going to be healthy for a trade. Doesn't look like... His relationship with San Antonio, it seems like it it's tumultuous. It seems very strange right now. The Trailblazers lost to the Pelicans. Pelicans relevant. New Orleans Pelicans, loving that. They won their first game. 
And the Jazz relevant again, but they lost to the Thunder in game number one. So big time games that are going on here and a lot of things coming up. I want to take a look at the schedule from here. So the Thunder and the Jazz don't play again until Wednesday. The Blazers and the Pelicans play again on Tuesday. The Warriors and Spurs play tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on TNT because they're in, they're in Golden State, so it's prime time for them at 7.30, 10.30 for us here on the East Coast. The Rockets and the, and the Wolves will not play again until this Wednesday. The Cavs and the Pacers will play this Wednesday as well in game number two. The Sixers and the Heat will play tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. Heat at the Sixers as the Heat try to even out the series. The Celtics will face off against the Bucks on Tuesday, and the Raptors also on Tuesday will be at home once again against the Wizards, this one at 7 p.m. Eastern time on NBA TV. Big time games coming up as the NHL and the NBA are both inside of their playoffs and heating things up. The NHL a little bit ahead of the NBA right now and a lot of fun going on in both. In tomorrow's show, I'm very excited. For those of you that came out, we had a phenomenal broadcast and a great time. I'll be loading up some pictures today from the event at the Wildcat Sports Pub. We also put a video out there, and you're going to hear it tomorrow for everybody that didn't make it and for everybody that wants to listen back. Tomorrow morning, Tuesday, April 17th, I am proud to say that we will be broadcasting our conversation with Zaire Franklin, Jonathan Thomas, and myself from the Wildcat Sports Pub. You will hear it in its entirety tomorrow, and it is absolutely amazing and fun because the guys are great we laughed a lot they had thought-provoking questions and we had some wonderful compliments from the community i want to thank you all for what you said i want to thank you all for being a part of the show and i want to thank the amazing men women and children that spent time with us at the wildcat sports pub and that spend time with us every month at the wildcat sports pub so you will be hearing that conversation between Syracuse linebackers Jonathan Thomas and Zaire Franklin going into the NFL draft less than two weeks before the draft with me from the Wildcat Sports Pub. Special thanks to Danny Tome, Heather Tome, and the whole team there. Can't wait to air that for you tomorrow and to wrap up the show with the ingredients of success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. That all comes to you tomorrow, Tuesday, April 17th. And in the meantime, find me on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, and on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. God bless, have a great day, and buy your CNY Pop Festival tickets right now while supplies last on the discount pricing and specialty prices on cnypopfestival.com and on cnypopfestival.eventbrite.com. God bless you, have a great day, and please be good to one another. And thank you so much to the wonderful support that I have and the words that I got most recently. Mom, I can't thank you enough. God bless you all, and I'll talk with you tomorrow morning and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And please say prayers for Binghamton as they unfortunately had a stabbing on campus today. And I don't like seeing anybody in the news for the wrong reasons. So my prayers to Binghamton, to Broome County, and to Binghamton University. God bless the Bearcats, and God bless you.